I think in New Year's, uh, we have all kinds of exciting opportunities. We have things we want to do. We have commitments we want to make and responsibilities and goals and excitement about a new year. And then there are those things, the kind of changes that maybe happened in the last year that we really uh, would have not chosen. Perhaps there was a death in the family or a change in your health, and you have those types of things which you're, you're, you're dealing with, and you're glad that, uh, that the year is over. I think that uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about this morning is resolutions or encouragements or exhortations, and so we're going to do that this morning. I'm going to talk about the promised life, but I also wanted to mention that uh, if you have any questions about the Go Beyond, that architect uh, Ray Martinez the uh, head of that whole project will be in the back if you have any questions. So for the beginning of a new year, I have a couple encouragements for you, a couple of things I'd love to see you do. And one of the things that I'd love to see you do is I'd love to see you uh, get into a place where you read your Bible. And by that, I mean it's just somehow five minutes, ten minutes, you're just exposed to what God has said in the Scriptures. We've got you version. I don't know if you've heard of that. Over 400 million people around the world are using you version. It's got the Bible. You can have the Bible read to you. Uh, you can start your own online community of reading the Scripture together. Uh, you can... Uh, email or text or send uh, scriptures to people through that. So it's an amazing uh, opportunity there. And so another thing that I wanted to mention to you, that my hope and my encouragement for you is this, is that you would make church a priority. And the reason I say that is because in America, church becomes less and less of a priority. I don't know if you know that, but in America, it's less and less of a priority. And I think really we need to realize that we only have so many opportunities, uh, 52 times a year here, where we can draw on an encounter with God in a community. There's only so many opportunities. So rather than build your life around all the other things that are out there, I want to encourage you to build your life around church and build your life around Sunday mornings here. And so lastly, I just want to mention, if you're new, totally are excited and love that you're here. And one of the things I wanted to mention to you is that this is a great time to start uh, at Sanctuary because what we're going to be doing in this series, a seven-week series in Joshua, as we're going to learn how all the things that God wants for you. And so great time is we're going to look at wonderful pictures of what God wants for your life. So we're going to jump right in to the scriptures here. And we're going to look at Joshua. And if I think of Joshua is going to give a title to what happened in chapter one, he would say, hashtag, the struggle is real. Hashtag, the struggle is real here. And so I'm going to talk about three essentials for the new year. And I want to invite you to consider adopting, embracing, building these into your own life here. I want to invite you into pursuing these three uh, resolutions here in 2020, because the truths apply to all of our lives here. And so let's pray, and then we'll read the scriptures. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the awesome passage of scripture, which we're going to read. I pray that you would just prepare our hearts for your word at the beginning of a new year. I pray that the word would prepare us and kind of pave a way for where uh, you would take us. And Father, I pray your hand upon us. I pray you'd speak to us things that we need to hear. And also, we want to pray for the students at Forest Home, that you would bless them and speak to them, that they would hear your voice, and that they would encounter Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So, Deuteronomy 
chapter 31, verse 23 says this. It says that then the Lord commissioned Joshua, and Joshua's the leader of God's people here, and he's being commissioned, with these words, to be strong and courageous. So what is God saying to us about a new year, a new decade that we are facing to a two B? All four of you, that was overwhelmingly awesome. At the beginning of a new year, in a new decade, God is saying to us to be strong. And so it's a time of change. It's a time of massive, cataclysmic, dramatic change that this nation has experienced here. And this is telling us the story at the beginning of the dawning of a new day in their lives here. And so they're moving from a nomadic existence to being landowners. They're moving from manna in the wilderness and Manna banana and manna cotti and manna souffle and manna you name it to now they're going to have to make their own food, their own crops. They're moving then from being slaves to being free here. And so they're experiencing this massive paradigm shift in their existence there. And I believe that uh, as they were experiencing uh, a new existence at the beginning of a new year, new decade, that there are truths here for us here that God really would want us to know. And so if you're physically able, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet there at the reading of God's word. And the scriptures will be on the screens here if you want to look along there or your smartphones. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1 through verse 9. And the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, after that, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. And I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land I've given you from the Gev wilderness into the south of Lebanon mountains into the north from the Euphrates River to the east of the Mediterranean Sea in the west, and including the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning neither to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually and meditate on it day and night so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You may be seated. And so we need to understand something about the Old Testament, and that is this, that these just are not stories just to be stories. All of these stories, the Bible says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, these things were written for a purpose. Now, what do you think the purpose was? The purpose was for who? The purpose was for you. That's why these things were written. So they're written on purpose, for a purpose. They are examples to us. They are warnings to us that God want, of truths that God wants to speak. And so these people were on the threshold of a new day, a new season, 
a new era of their life. So let me give you the context here so we're all kind of caught up to speed. So the context is this. There's 2 million people, 2 million Israelites now that are about to be, that are in slavery there in Egypt under the thumb of the great Pharaoh there. And so God speaks to Moses. God raised up Moses and he speaks to Moses and he says, go to the Pharaoh and tell the Pharaoh this, to let my people go. So the Pharaoh does that. He goes and uh, uh, Moses reaches the Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And they get into a little sparring match. And after 10 plagues and signs and miracles and wonders, finally he relents and he lets them go. And so Moses leads out, leads them out. And then they bump up against the Red Sea. Two million nomadic people hit the Red Sea. And the, uh, the Pharaoh decides that he wants to re-enslave God's people. And so there they are. It seems like there's no hope and no way out. And God opens the Red Sea, makes a lane, and they cross through the Red Sea on dry land. Well, then Pharaoh's armies are like, yeah, let's go get them. So they go in and they go after them, go into the Red Sea there. And God closes up the Red Sea. And they, all of Pharaoh's armies, then perish in the Red Sea. As in Nomas Aki. They're gone forever. And so the children of Israel then, uh, they're journeying through the wilderness and God shows himself strong time and time again. And so they don't have any food and God takes care of them, provides man in the wilderness. They don't have any water. So then what God does is God uh, creates a like a fire hydrant out of a rock there and they have all the water that they want to quench their thirst. And so uh, their shoes would not wear out. And now what happens is that they reach the border of Canaan. They reach the border of Canaan, the promised land, and it's a land flowing with milk and honey, a land that God was promising to them. And so, but what they did is even though God gave them that, they wanted to go and verify it was going to be okay. How many people know you're in trouble when you got to verify what God says is already good for you? And so they want to cast a vote uh, if they want to obey God. And God is frustrated. God is furious with them. And so they end up in the wilderness. They don't go into the promised land. And for 40 years, they're just taking laps in the wilderness there. And so just a horrific boring existence there. And now they're getting ready to go to the same place where they'd failed God before. So now we come to Joshua chapter one and Moses, the great leader is dead there. It's a new season about to begin. And so, and they're going to learn to walk in God's promises. And so as uh, that's the title of the message, the promised life here. So a new day, they're believing that is they're believing that it's going to be a better uh, for them that's right in front of them. They're believing they're going to have God's promises fulfilled in their life. So, but before that happens, God speaks to them. God speaks through Joshua, and he says, there are some things which you need to know, and there are some things which the people need to do. And so that's what we're going to talk about here, those three then uh, exhortations, encouragements, or resolutions to build into your life. And so what they do then is when they get there, now they're going to have the, 
the spies again, and they're evaluating, uh, should we go in? They do the SWOT analysis there, the strengths and the weaknesses and the opportunities and the threats. And they say, oh, there's fortified cities there, and there's giants in the land, and we're like little grasshoppers. And so, but Joshua and Caleb were like, hey, we can take the land. God provided for us water in the wilderness. God provided us manna. Uh, We can do this. And so uh, they did their analysis then, and then they end up wanting to take, uh, go into the land. So in your notes there, if you have your notes, you want to pull your notes out here, it says this, that God's people had a choice. The choice really all of us have. We have the same choice here. And the choice is this, is promised land living or wilderness living. Let me unpack that for a moment. For a moment. Promised land living was this. They would go into the promised land as God has a promises for us. And in this case, they were going to face giants. They were going to be uncomfortable. They were going to have to conquer cities here. But God's best was on the other side of believing him where they could walk with him and experience his power. And then their other option is wilderness living. And this speaks of the spiritual life where people are like, well, I don't know. I don't really know if we want to do that. I'm free and there's no threats and there's no giants and there's no obstacles. Yeah, but it's a life of boring and boring and more boring. And so here's the point that I want to make in your notes. The path that I choose, you want to fill this out, the path I choose determines my destination. The path that you choose will determine your destination. This is what happened with the children of Israel. They chose a path there where for 40 years, they're just going in circles there. They're accomplishing nothing. They're wasting their life. And not until that generation died off that God said, now you can go into the promised land. And so what do we need to know, though, as we enter a new year? In your notes, this is it. I'm going to give you what we need to know as we enter a new year. Uh, But that is to be strong and courageous. But think about this. Think about this. The path I choose determines my destination. Now, all of us here, we we have desires. We have aspirations. We have hopes in our life. But here's the reality here. The path that I choose, is it a path that God has chosen for me? Or am I just choosing a path, any path I want to do in every area of your life here? And so uh, you want to say yes to the path that God is choosing for you. This is the key to the Christian life is to find out what is the path God's chosen, chosen for me. And then you choose what's been chosen for you. In this case, they chose the wasteland. They chose the desert. They chose 40 years of barrenness. They chose 40 years of going nowhere. And that's a picture of the Christian life. You can be free and you can be, have a right relationship with God and you can be going nowhere. You can have barrenness in your life, absolute spiritual barrenness, where you feel like you were just going nowhere, just going in circles. And so we have the same choice that they, that they have. And so choose the path that determines, uh, the path you choose determines your destination here. It is the principle of the path. It's an inescapable principle. And so it applies to all of life. And I just want to unpack that for a moment here, because If I tell you that, hey, after church today, I want to jump on the freeway and I want to go to Los Angeles, but I'm going to jump on the 10 freeway going east. 
And you know that I'm just going to end up seeing my friends in Blythe, but I'm never going to make it to L.A. See, I can have all kinds of good intentions that I want to go to L.A. But, and, and so the, the, the pathway of our life sometimes is lined with, with good intentions, but we're going in the wrong direction. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They went in the wrong direction. And again, this is a picture, an example, a story for us. It's true of all of your life. If you're a student here, it's true academically. You can have all kinds of good, good intentions, but that will lead, the, you, but you can be on the road to failure. There, if, if you're a student, you want to do well, you've got to be disciplined and dedicated and determined and have some drive about you. And if you don't, you can have all the good uh, aspirations uh, of what you want to be, but you're on the wrong road. And so it's true spiritually, it's true of our relationships, it's true morally, it's true relationally, it's true professionally, it's true in your finances, every area of your life, this is true here. And so maybe you're here and you, and, uh, uh, you want to pay off debt. But you have a lifestyle that you'll, you'll never pay off debt. And so the road to failure is paved with good intentions. It's paved with good intentions here. And so maybe we want to pay off the credit cards, whatever here, but we just keep accumulating debt and have no budget and no plan there. And so there can be pain associated uh, with, the, with the destination that you're on. And so maybe in your family, you want to have a great family life. You want to create a memories for your family there. But the path that you're on will never get you there. In our uh, family, my wife, Kirsten, she would do creative memories. I would kind of chronicle in these, these books, I'm sure you've heard of it, uh, our family journey. And I counted how many of, of them there, there are, and there's 17 of them. And so we have 17 of these, these books that just are precious memories about our family that, uh, that we have, but we were intentional about all those memories, about creating those memories. This didn't happen. So we put ourselves on a road where that can happen. And so other people would say, well, I want to have a, a loving marriage. I want to have a great marriage, but I want to wait till the kids are grown up, or I'm going to wait until the business is, is going or whatever. You're not on the right road. You're like, you're on the wrong road. And so this is what happened to the children of Israel. This is what happens to us. You could be here this morning and saying, well, I'm in kind of dating world and thinking about a relationship there. And I, I like to get married and I would like to have a, a husband or wife that would want to come to church and all. And then, but the reality is that in the meantime, you like date anyone as long as they're cute. So that road is not going to get you to the right destination. And so you can say, I want to have great faith, and I want to have an adventure of faith, and I want to trust God, and I want to be a part of a church, and I want to raise my kids in church. But the reality, that's great intention. But then the reality can be you just get so distracted and so that you want to come to church. But here we are, like people that may be distracted this morning, and they're watching online. Okay, so hi, everybody that's watching online out there. I'm just joking around a little bit there. Okay, but here's, here's what you think. Here's what I know to be true. Here's what you can think. You can say, well, I get that about all those other people, but I'm like an exception. Like, I'm the exception to the rule, and I am that one like in a million. I'm here to tell you this morning straight up, you are not one in a million, and you are not an exception. You are one of millions and millions. And the principle is true here because you say, well, you understand, I'm unique. 
Maybe you're unique, but the path that you are on is not unique. It is a well-worn path. And so it's very predictable. And so God then tells a story in the Old Testament book here, and he says you can choose the wilderness or you can choose the promised life. And so I want to talk about that because what happened with the children of Israel is they refused to realize that the path that they were on for 40 years, it determined their destination. So again, it's true in all of life. And they complained and murmured and whined about it, and they walked in circles. It was like, it was like, Groundhog Day for 40 years. And so they refuse to realize the path would determine their destination. So we've got a new leader. Got a new leader in Joshua. And so uh, here's what God says to him. And what do we need to know as we enter into a new year? I've got three resolutions for you. What do we need to know as we enter a new year? Here it is. Number one, be strong and courageous. Three times with increasing intensity, God tells him this to be strong and courageous. And so in your notes there, Joshua 1.5 says, No one's going to be able to stand against you as long as you live. I'll be with you as I was with Moses. I won't fail you or abandon you. And so this is what God is saying to us here. And here's what he says, Joshua, this is what you need to remember says, be strong and courageous. You're going to lead the people to possess the land that I swore to your ancestors. Be strong and very courageous. Now, you look around. Do you think maybe, maybe that Joshua was just a little bit fearful? Do you think that could be true? He's a little bit fearful. Yeah, he was. And so God is making a point here. God is making a point when he tells him to be courageous because he was overwhelmed. And so you have this uh, amazing gifted leader who's been under the world-class uh, tutelage of the great Moses, the one that's afraid, a friend with God, the one that he's a lawmaker here. Talk about daunting uh, sandals to fill here of, of Moses. And so he's following in his footsteps. And so uh, what he was facing was absolutely daunting here. No prophet in Israel was ever like the great Moses here. And so for four decades, he watched the great liberator, the lawgiver there, the servant, the friend of God. And at this most critical moment, Moses is dead. He's no longer there. Oh, talk about pressure. Talk about high expectations. Talk about daunting circumstances. Talk about hitting a wall. So let's look just for a moment. What is, what is he facing here? This is what he's facing. Canaan has giants. Canaan has fortified cities. Canaan has trained armies. They've got powerful weapons. They've got superior technology. They've got chariots. I mean, God's people, they had like little switchblades, little sticks there, and little pitchforks. I'm, I'm just making that up as I go. But, you know, they didn't, they didn't have much. And so they're murmuring. They're rebellious type of a people. They're unbelieving. They're fretful. They're disorganized. They're unprepared. They're, they're like ill-trained army here. And they're going up against this impossible challenge here. And, and Joshua was like, there is no way I can do this. There's no way that I can lead that crowd, that motley crew of two million people. So God says to him three times, Joshua, be strong and of good courage. And this is what I know to be true. For us here this morning, 
over this next year, over this next decade, you are going to need that word. You're going to need to know what it, what it means to walk in that God's word to, to the challenges you face, the obstacles you chase, you face, the daunting things, to be strong and of good, good courage. And so what does it mean then to have courage? It means that quality of mind and that quality of spirit that enables us to, to firmly face the challenges that you will. Not to crumble under and to give up there. So Joshua was in need of massive courage here. And so, uh, and so God needed to say something to Joshua when the new day was dawning here. He says, look, your first step in your notes, the first step to courage, like how do we get courage? Where does courage come from? We just can't like download it out of nowhere. You can't just read some book and be inspired. You can be this courageous person. No, there, there's, there's a way God was, was speaking courage into his life. And the first one is this in your notes. Our courage depends, first of all, on God's promises. On God's promises. Watch, watch. He says to him, he says, be strong and courageous because you're going to lead the people and you're going to inherit the land. So as a promise, he's going to inherit the land. He says, look, I swore I'm going to give this to your ancestors. Just like I said to Moses, I'm saying to you, Joshua. So here he has God's promise. Well, like, what are, like, what are our promises? You see, God promises you that he'll be with you, that he won't forsake you. Promises the Holy Spirit that, that, that comes alongside you to help you to, to live this life. Promises to give you strength and courage, courage as thy day shows so shall thy strength be. Promises to meet your needs. All your needs will be provided in Christ Jesus. Give you his peace. Give you his grace. Give you forgiveness. Give you everything that you need to live this life. We have the promises of God, which when you face daunting circumstances, you can say, you know what? God's promising I can do this. I, I, I can do it because of God's promise here. And so we need courage then when we face difficult circumstances and situations in our lives, just like Joshua. Courage also comes from this. Courage depends on God's word. So, it, it, yes, the promises, but where do they come from? From God's word. And, and so God's word, you just build God's word as a, a, a lifestyle of receiving it there. And you, that's why you meditate on it. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But then it just gets inside you. So you have, you have these uh, courage that, that is developed in your life. When you become more and more familiar with what God has said, that will build great courage into your life. And then the last one is here that we see is courage comes from God's presence. From God's presence. God said to him, I'll be with you. I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. You are not alone. So he goes, okay, well, God is with me. Well, maybe I can take on the Canaanites. Maybe I can, I can take on the walled city there of Jericho. I can take on the giants here because, after all, like, like God is with me. That will give you confidence. And so, uh, and here's, here's the, the bottom line for me. God knew that Joshua would need courage here. He knew that doubt and fear, like us this morning, he knew that doubt and fears would begin to crowd Joshua's mind here. And so and it takes pure gut courage to obey God. He was asking him to do things that were crazy. In a couple of weeks, we kind of talk about this. About he's going to tell him to go around Jericho and just walk around the city. Not like attack it, just walk. So to obey God, it would take courage to do that. And so because sometimes it doesn't make sense to obey God. And so what about us here this morning? What about us with what does it mean and why do you need 
to have strength and courage. Why do you need those words to be, to be secure in your life here? Well, for one reason, I think there are the past obstacles. Like them, they had past baggage of 40 years in the wilderness. And, and Joshua knew all about that, and he lived through that here. And so what about us here this morning? You've got baggage from the past here that needs to be in the past that can hinder you from the promised life. I think for others of us here, you have regrets uh, I know this to be true, that there are many here. You are bound by your past. You're bound by things that have happened in the past there. And so for others, like Joshua, were intimidated by the future there, what the future holds. And so he was intimidated by that. It loomed large in his life. Uh, like Joshua, we can have doubts. We can doubt the future and feel like we're incapable. Here's Joshua thinking, man, Moses could do it, but I don't know about, about me. I don't know if I'm capable. And so we can be like that where we don't feel capable of walking into the, the promised life God has for the future. So for some of us here, I think what we need to do is like draw a line there behind the past and, and move forward. And not live in a, oh, what happened to me in, you know, 2019 or 2009 or whenever there, but to in, in, embrace this and move forward to be strong and courageous. And so I think that our past is the past, but we, we need to not let it define us. It, this people here, it defines you, your past. I'm telling you, I'm just being straight up. Straight up, it defines you. God doesn't want you to live that way. You can't live your life defined by the past. Yeah, let, let God begin to define your future there. And so, this is what was happening then. And so, uh, the past can dominate, can define, can intimidate, and keep us from ever going forward into our future here. And so, Joshua, just like us. He had baggage that, that he was carrying there. He was facing formidable and intimidating uh, circumstances. And so, number one, as we face a new year, be strong and courageous in the strength and the courage that God gives you. Ephesians uh, 6 verse 10 puts it this way. Be strong, what, in your own strength? No, that's nonsense. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so, and so number one, be strong and courageous. The second resolution that I want to invite you into is this, is to follow God's path. And look at what it says in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. It says, be careful to obey all the instructions Moses has given you. Don't deviate to the right or to the left, because that's who I am. I, I, I'm prone to deviate. And so, uh, so this is the word of the Lord to Joshua here. He says, study the book. And meditate on it day and night that you might do all that is contained therein and you will prosper and you'll have good success. Anybody in the house want to be successful this year? Anybody want to be successful? If you, if you don't, you, you want to fail, 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 and more fail. Or look, there is a way. And this is the key to life. This is the key to life. I'm going to unpack to you the key to the Christian life right here. And I'm going to unpack to you the key for success. Now think about this. There's Joshua, and he's ready to face the enemy. And what does God tell him to do? Does God give him, like, a war plan? Or does God give him a Bible reading plan? God gives him a Bible reading plan. You, you'd never think that. 
You never think, he's like, he's going to face the enemy, like, a Bible reading plan to, like, face the enemy? What? What's with that? So watch. He says, study the book and meditate on it, and you'll be successful. I'm submitting to you. This is how you can be successful in every area of your life. What does that look? Let's just business hear about meditate. What's the whole meditation business? God is saying this to Joshua and saying this to us here. A little brief skimming of the scriptures, kind of a little hydroplane action on the scriptures. That doesn't cut it, and that's not going to work. That will not work for your life. And so meditation means this. It is the key to life. And so it means this. means, number one, you got to read. you got to read or have it read to you, you version there, hearing it. Okay, uh, blessed are all those that um, read and hear the words of this prophecy, it says in Revelation. And so you read it, but read it slow. Read it slow there. Maybe five minutes, maybe ten minutes. You can do that. You're not too busy there. And then believe what you've read. Believe what you read. And then what you do is you kind of hit the pause button and you absorb it. And you think about it, and you process it, and you ask, what, what, what would that look like? What would that look like in my life there? And so, uh, so you process it, and then you obey it. That's what it means to meditate. It's taking a little scenic route in the scriptures there that you're not just powering through it. Five, ten minutes, I'm guaranteeing you. I'm guaranteeing you. God can do a big work in your life just with that. How great would that be to build into the new year, to build into your life? See, because when you meditate, this is what's happening. You're acknowledging, God, I may be screwing this thing up, but I'm not smart enough to do this on my own. I need you, and I'm giving you the right to tell me what to do. And you're just meditate, meditating on it there. It says, when you do that, you'll succeed. You'll be successful in life here. And so what does that mean for some of us here this morning? Here's what it means. I'm just telling you straight up. Here's what it means. For some of us, like the children of Israel, we need to do a hard U-turn. A hard U-turn. Because there are areas of life, you are headed down a path there. That path is not going to lead you to a God-honoring destination there. So Joshua says, I'm done with it. I'm done and I'm going into the promised land. Yeah, I'll face some giants. Yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'd rather walk with God than experience the same thing. Wilderness over and over and over, that boring life over and over again there. And so if you're here this morning, you're hoping, thinking, I'll be the exception to the rule. I'll be the one in the million. No, you will just be one of millions and millions. There are no exceptions to the rule. So here's, here's the bottom line. You can either apply the, these principles, God's principles, to your life, or they end up being applied to you. Just take your choice. And so, first of all, we're going to be strong and courageous. Number two, we're going to follow God's path. And number three, the resolution that I'm inviting you into with me is this, is to go together with God's people. Go together with God's people. I think one of the most important things that we can do is go together. Now, if, um, if the Christian life was to be diagnosed by a doctor and they can say, ah, like there's pathology right there. Uh, and they can see pathology coming. And doctors can do that. They get the blood work and, and the radiographs, you know, and they, they can synthesize and analyze and then um, sort out uh, the diagnosis because of they just see what's going on there. And so in the Christian life, the same could be true. 
Same can be true this, that you can, that, uh, you can stand back and look and synthesize and analyze. You go, oh, man, they're headed for a crash. And one of the reasons that they're headed for a crash is, is this, is that people isolate. They isolate as Christ followers. And so God's will and God's way and God's desire and God's plan is that you would have community. See, that you would, you would actually go together. Look at what it says on the screens here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove it to you here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 11 and 14 and 15. It says, go through the camp and tell the people and get their provisions ready. In three days, you're going to cross the Jordan River. Take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now watch. To help them conquer their territory. Oh, what does he say? Stay with them. Stay in community. Stay connected. Stay in relationship. We're going to stay together. We're going to go together in this journey. And so that's a picture of the promised life. And so um, if that doesn't convince you, let me, let me take another shot at it here. And so I love this. I love when we, uh, we meet on Sundays. But here's the reality. Here's the reality. Like, like I, this is Phil. I know Phil pretty well. But I don't know what's going on in Phil's life. I know what's going on in his life. I'm just here and I'm just enjoying the time together. But the reality is Phil could have issues and struggles and things and I would know nothing about it. Phil could drift. Like he's, he's a great guy and a great Christ follower. But say we're all vulnerable to drift. Maybe he's going to drift and, and I would never know. I have no way of ever knowing. And so when we come on, on Sunday mornings, here's what we do is that, is that we sit, we sit. I'm just going to sit next to you to illustrate here. This is what we do. Um, we sit, we sit like this, we sit shoulder to shoulder. It's like this, we sit shoulder to shoulder. So the reality is, like, I don't know what's going on in your life, and the people in your rows, they don't know what's going on in your life. You're just shoulder to shoulder. And shoulder to shoulder is God's will, is that we wouldn't, we wouldn't neglect gathering together, but there's more than shoulder to shoulder is what I'm saying. See, is that because uh, your, your best life is not just found shoulder to shoulder, but it's found face to face face-to-face. So what the Bible is saying is that you got to create a space. How important at the beginning of a new year and a new decade that you create a space in your life where you can have face-to-face. Because face-to-face, really, that's where real life change happens. See, face-to-face, you, you can then sense when, when somebody's drifting, when somebody's starting to struggle there, because you're face-to-face. So God's design for us is not just shoulder-to-shoulder but face-to-face, Randy, that's, that's, that's how God designed us to go. Let me illustrate it this way. Maybe you're in a relationship and you kind of like someone and you're kind of feeling the, you know what I'm talking about? You're feeling the energy, you know what I'm talking about? You, you start feeling it. And, uh, and so you're kind of pursuing this person a little bit and you go to the movies. Does anybody fall in love at the movies? Shoulder to shoulder, do they fall in love? No, they don't fall in love going to the movies, do you? Now, after the movie, and you sit down, and uh, my wife and I, when I was pursuing her, we had this restaurant in San Bernardino where I always go to. That's where I was falling in love with my wife. We go to church, but it was afterwards in, in a face-to-face. See, face-to-face is where you fall in love, in the coffee shop, at the restaurant. Am I, am I speaking the truth or, or not? Telling the truth. Yeah. And so, see, you need, you get it in other realms of life. You're like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, right on. Okay. But in church, it's true too. Okay. That's where you find community is face to face in circles, not just in rows, 
But you got to circle up. It is God's way. There's no plan B. This is, this is what God wants for you, is you experience community this way. And you know where your best life is in 2020 and beyond? Your best life is found on the other side of community, on the other side of meaningful relationships, on the other side where you, 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 you open up there and you become vulnerable there. And so this is, this is, God's, this is God's plan for, for our lives here. And so I want you to pull out these cards. They're on your seats there. I'm just going to mention a few options in closing, just a few options in closing. They're on your seats there. Grab it and look at it there. And so here are the three options. One is rooted. Let me tell you about rooted. Rooted is awesome. And so I don't just get up here and talk about it and tell you how wonderful it is. And uh, I've, I've done Rooted many, many times. And so I love Rooted. Rooted is uh, it's the most exciting and one of the best things that we do at this, at this church. And so uh, and when you do Rooted, you get rooted in your purpose. You get rooted in, in community. You get rooted in, in, uh, in, your, in your purpose before God and your calling there. And it connects you in ways that really there's, no, there's pretty much no other uh, life group, small group experience that will connect you like Rooted would. And so we've got awesome facilitators. Uh, we are a regional, I mean, you don't know this, but we're one of the regional churches in America for Rooted. And so uh, we've had uh, like five or 600 people have graduated from Rooted. We train churches how to do Rooted. Like we know how to do Rooted and it'll bless you. And so it is a great experience waiting to happen there. And so the other thing is re-engage. Re-engage is from one of the top churches in America, Watermark Church in Texas, and it is considered by many people to be the best marriage ministry in America, the best. And so we want to give you the best. So that's why we brought Rooted, and that's why we're giving you the best with Reengage. It's It's no pressure. Uh, they have a big group experience where they talk about marriage there, and it's whether your marriage is awesome and you want to make it take it to the next level of awesome, or you're bumping up against some challenges and said, hey, we could use a, a, a little tune-up here. And so it has a great format, and that has a big group, and then when the big group is done, you can go home. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to do small group, but small groups are optional if you want to take a next step. So it's just amazing opportunity there. And then the last one there is financial peace. My wife, Kirsten, and I did this the last round, I think it was, and uh, I found it. I found it just a tremendous blessing. Over six million people have gone through it. Six million gone through that. And so, at the beginning of a new year, kind of tweak and download the best of the best. The guy's a world class communicator on how to handle your finance. So, three ops. So, this is what I like to ask you to do. And we've got a lot of time. I've got all day here. I'm just joking. Uh, so, but fill this out. And uh, if you just want more information, you're, you're not signing, you don't have to sign up just to get more information. And so today, it's about $50 a couple to go through Rooted. And so I'm the pastor, and I can do some things that I like to do. And one of the things I'm going to do is it's free today if you want to do it. It's free today. It will not be free next week. But rooted only. Rooted only. And so not financial peace. But if you want to sign up, it's free today. Okay? So you sign it. You fill this out. Put in one of the offering boxes, and we'll, we'll get in touch with you. Why do, you need, why do you need to be in a small group? Why do you need community? This is why. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 and 13. Be careful then and make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Turning away from the living God. You think, like, who would turn away from a God who set them free and delivered them and loved them and protected them and provided for them? Who, who would drift away from God? And, and here's the, the obvious answer is that 
all of us are in danger of drifting in some capacity. And you must warn each other every day so none of you will be deceived by sin. Watch. So where do you get warned the best? Can you get warned here? Certainly. But in a circle there, face-to-face is where you get warned when you're beginning to drift there. And so, because um, uh, you can identify doubt, you can identify drifting and all in a circle and pain and concerns there. And so it says, hey, warn one another, warn one another every day. So that's what you want to do. So um, let me close with this. I get it. I've done this before. I, I'll give a talk like this and people are like, yeah, but I want to push back a little bit. I want to push back here because if I show up, I know it's going to be weird. I know there's going to be people sitting on the floors and chanting and candles. and I, I, just, I just know it's going to be weird. Trust me, it is not going to be weird. There are going to be people there just like you. Just like you. This is not, not going to be weird here. And other people push back a little bit and they say, yeah, but I'm busy. I'm too busy. You are not too busy. Uh, an hour, hour and a half, couple hours, you're not too busy here. It's a priority question, not a, a busyness question here. I mean, if you're too busy, then uh, you're probably, well, I'm not even going to say it. Uh, so and here's the other thing. People say, ah, I, I tried that once. I tried like a group and it didn't work. Is that right? So you're telling me that you tried one time a group, and so for the rest of your life, check the box, I will never do that again. Is that what you're saying? Like, you don't apply that in any other area of your life, but you're going to, like, apply that to like, to, like, church? Like, when is the last time you went to a restaurant, and you had a meal or pizza, and the pizza was not good. Did you walk out of the, out of the pizza restaurant and say, honey, I'm never going to have pizza for the rest of my life. I'm like, I'm done with pizza. <laughs> no. You chalk it up to, hey, that just was what it was, and uh, let's go have some pizza next week. So since you had one bad experience, or one day, you, you, you really, you're never going to try again. And so I'd encourage you to, uh, to open yourself up to God's way, that we would go together, opportunities to go together. All right, uh, let's pray. Father, thank you for today, and thank you for your word, and I pray that you would um, continue to speak to us again and again, and Father, that you would have your way within us. In Jesus' name, amen.